The greatest country on earth in shambles. Bill Gates already mapping out the next pandemic. The medical profession by law prevented from telling patients the truth. How do we survive this? Well, we the people stand up and stop taking it. We win at the ballot box. And we do that by getting the truth out into public ears. TNN, the Truth News Network. And your warrior at the gate is Dan Newman. You know, everything you heard Pete Moss say in that introduction is true. The billionaire, formerly the wealthiest man on the planet, Bill Gates, he is out there and he is planning the next pandemic. And they're not even speaking about it in private and secrecy. It's just, okay, it's out there. It's happening. We're going to make it happen. And here's how we're going to do it. And here's what we're going to do when it does happen. And that's just one example of this insanity on the planet. I mean, everybody is trying to seize control of you and your mind and what you think. And not just that, but how you think it. They want to control all of our lives. Wow, what a rosy way to start the week, Dan. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. And welcome to TNN Live. I trust you had a wonderful weekend. And I am very appreciative to all of you for choosing to join us this Monday morning. And even those that uh, just come in sporadically because of your busy lives, we don't take for granted that you come in here and you share with us as much as you can. we got a big week ahead. We have a lot of things to dig into. Now, we're taking the show on the road and not just somewhere else in the nation. We're taking the show to Israel. And we will be broadcasting live every day, normal time, live from Israel. So that means you're going to get a lot of information about things going on there and about how people in Israel think about a lot of things happening over here. That'll be a novel idea. We won't be up here pontificating. We're going to be up here giving you the way people in at least one other country feel about what's going on in their nation and our nation too. Have you thought much about what that might sound like? What other people think about our country? Hmm. Every day we get together here at TNN Live and we talk about stuff going on in other countries. It's all perspective, folks. It's all perspective. Sometimes things aren't what we think they are. And sometimes we don't think about some things that if we spoke and if we thought about it and we conversed about it, that we might think there's a real pile of good that comes with sharing thoughts and ideals with others. Last night, we went to a group, a group from our church of like-minded individuals, and we have these groups that get together once or twice a month and just share And there are about a dozen, maybe 14, 15 people in this particular group that we're with. And varying ideas, varying backgrounds, male, female, unemployed, entrepreneurs, high-dollar people, not so much high-dollar people. In other words, a potpourri of what America looks like, but on a much smaller level. And we laughed 
and we talked about circumstances. We talked about a little bit of what's going on in our world around us. And you know what I discovered there for a little while? I just sat and listened to the conversations. Here's what I discovered. As different as we were in that room, and as different and diverse were our ideals, we got along together. And we talked to each other. And we laughed. And not just because what somebody said, everybody in the room believed. That wasn't what it was about. It was just getting together with other people and doing what you do when you get together with other people. Our nation has actually become a lockdown prison for millions of people. They have no contact with other people or they have no contact with anything or anybody outside their circle of influence. So what happens in those cases? People are going to think. People are going to come up with ideas, and they're going to create thoughts on which they make decisions for themselves and other people on their watch, like their families. Wouldn't it be better if we all made all of our choices, all of our decisions, but we didn't make those thoughts think those thoughts and make those decisions and those choices until after we had surfed the landscape of the nation, our particular state, our particular city, and based our conclusions on facts that we glean from everything going around us that's important, not just upon something somebody on a Internet streaming show tells me I should be thinking about. You get what I'm saying? Stretch your mind. How do you do that? You bring more thought opportunities into your mind's sight. In other words, you read, you listen, you talk, and you find places and opportunities to insert yourself in maybe a social gathering that you're not normally going to be a part of. Spread your wings. Expose yourself to some diversity. You'll find out things about other people that you never would have thought before you injected yourself into maybe an uncomfortable circumstance, maybe visiting uh, a church or another place of worship outside of yours, maybe going to a high school football event and not at the football stadium that your child or your friend's child plays at and you go to. Hey, if if you don't know anything about soccer, go to a soccer game. Soccer happens somewhere in your area 12 months out of the year, I promise you. Little League Baseball. Maybe a school board meeting. Oh, my gosh. Think about that. Hey, we've got a lot of things to talk about today and some things that happened while you were enjoying your weekend that you just may have missed, but you need to know about them. We're going to dig into all of them. The two hours will allow us here today, but let's start on a musical note. How about from Toby Mac? 
Feeling So Fly. <laughs> yeah, this is a song you probably don't think about much. You got me feeling so So that you didn't tap your foot, maybe clap your hands a little bit during that Toby Mac song. I don't know if you know Toby Mac or know who he is, but he's a Christian artist, totally Christian artist, totally legit. He's been around for a long time. He is very 
uh, transparent with his life. And so he lives the Christian life. He does. He does what he sings about. I just wanted to tell you that because there's somebody that heard that. That's a that's a Christian song, but it's a it's a semi rock and rap guy singing that song. He's not even a rap artist. And by the way, he's white, is Toby Mac, but he is genuine to the bone. You might go check his music out. You blue hairs out there. And I'm saying that because if I had hair, I'd be a blue hair too. (laughs) But when you get past about, oh, I don't know, 55, most of our music appetites change a little bit. Let me tell you about mine. I was a rock and roller man back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. I love some hard rock and roll. But then I was like, you know what? I'm too old for that. Let me slow it down a little bit. So I got into smooth jazz radio station I worked at. Come all the way up to the softer side of the FM dial. 107.9 WTPI. The soft FM. Yeah, and I slowed it down so much. Our girls at that time were in junior high school. Caleb was in elementary school. And when they would be riding home and listening to my show, I did four to seven in the evenings, and they would say, Mom, what kind of music is Dad playing? They called it elevator music back then. And by the way, my daughters in their mid-40s, they still call it elevator music, and I still like it. But you know what? It's perspective, and some of us like different things. Some of us like red. Some of us like blue. Some of us like dark. Some of us like light. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be different. In fact, we don't need a bunch of cookie-cutter people out there. I don't want anybody to be exactly like Dan Newman. And I there's nobody out there that I want to be exactly like. Well, maybe be a little closer in looks to somebody else. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Be who you are. And that's a hard job for a lot of people. It's pretty much hard at times for all of us. But we can get through it all. And we don't have to be something that God and us don't want us to be. If you can't get straight and feel comfortable about yourself... You need to stop everything and figure out a way to get to that point before you start looking and comparing with other people. No two people are exactly alike. We all share characteristics with others around us, and that's okay. But don't try to make yourself be a picture image of someone else because you are unique in every way. And if you get comfortable with that, you're going to be fine. If you're not yet there, keep trying. Keep on trying. So we've got some things today that I uh, I spent a lot of time this weekend doing investigative work. And I got to be honest with you, even though, listen to what I'm about to say, even though we think we're up on everything, There's a bunch of evil going on around the world, and even where you live. 
And I know that for a fact because it's happening everywhere in the nation. And for those of us listening in from other countries, it's happening in your country too. And so what do we do about all this stuff? How do we process it? What should we believe and what should we disbelieve? Well, you want to make it a whole lot easier than the way you've been doing it? You don't have to try to figure out what's evil and what's good when you're going through your life and educating yourself on things. Bring it all into your purview. Put it in your think tank and then process it based upon facts that you find out about all the good and all the evil and then make a decision. And when you make your choice, set it to the side. Don't leave it in the bowl of soup. Because if you do that, if you try to keep it all in there and have your opinions and thoughts about all of it rolling around in your head 24-7, you'll go absolutely crazy. Don't do that. Find the facts and then just close the wallet and put it away somewhere. Don't worry about it anymore. If it comes up, when it does come up, and much of it does day after day after day, you don't have to try to figure out what the person thinks and what they're saying and is it real or not because you've already determined by investigating what and who the source is. And if it's good, bad, ugly, if if it's just indifferent, if it's something you should be concerned about or not, If we can't find a way to live in that life, i got to be honest with you, all your hair is going to fall out. Oh, my gosh, you're bald, Dan. Is that what made your hair fall out? Yeah, in large part, it was. I was a worrywart. I couldn't put anything down. And I was headed for a bad place until finally I just figured out, look, God, you know, I'm your child. I'm a Christian. I do my best to understand everything and make right choices all the time, but I'm screwing up. I'm making choices about things and then messing up based upon the choices I make. And I don't know what to do from here. And that's when I embarked down that road that I just told you about. Analyze the good, analyze the bad, analyze the sources of what you're hearing and seeing and reading, and then Roll it all into a ball and say, this one's good. I'm going to keep it and put it in your your bag. You've got that taken care of. But the other stuff, you got to throw it away. If you don't throw it away, it's going to eat you alive. One of the things that's really been troubling me, this railroad mess up in East Palestine in Ohio, Look, we're talking about a major catastrophe on every level, environmentally, economically, socially. And our leader in the White House is doing nothing about it. And granted, it didn't happen in Manhattan or Los Angeles or Chicago or Delaware. But it happened to American citizens And it's going to be far-reaching, and it's going to impact a whole lot of people. And it already is. And these quote-unquote leaders up there, the governors of both states, one of them a Democrat, one of them a Republican, so they're not making 
political statements when they're telling the citizens of that community, oh, go ahead and drink the water. It's okay. We tested it. You don't have to worry about it. I looked at the water live flowing in streams there, and there's a sheen of chemicals floating along the top of the water, and these governors and these mayors are telling their people, go ahead, wash with it, use it when you're cooking, drink it, it's okay. And of course, then there's our Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. He hadn't even showed up in Ohio. He's put out some memos about it. He's done an interview or two about it. But he didn't give a rip. If he did, he'd insert himself in it, don't you think? The president, I mean, he made a secret visit to Ukraine. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Oh, and that's a big deal because he's over there with his buddy, you know, the former comedian who is now finding very innovative ways to spend about $130 billion of your and my tax dollars And how can he do that? How can he know to do that? Folks, five years ago, the guy was a stand-up comic. And now he's the president of Ukraine. I'm not denigrating anything that's happening to the Ukrainian people at the hands of the Russians. It's horror story after horror story. And we've covered it exhaustively here. And we'll continue to cover it. And we're going to continue to pray for the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia. Both of them, my personal opinion is both nations' people are being led by feckless leaders that are taking their countries and their people down a bad road. But our president, he went there. He hadn't gone to Ohio. And the former president's going to be there this week. The former president is going to East Palestine, Ohio, but not our president. He's over there with his index cards. I watched this morning early. Of course, he doesn't have a teleprompter in Kiev. They're uh, they're trying to dodge missiles over there, not really worried about a foreign uh, leader coming in there needing a teleprompter. So President Biden, he can't give a speech at all off of the cuff, because he can't even think about a sentence, yet alone a few paragraphs. So he's sitting in a chair reading his index notes. I think the people of East Palestine, Ohio, would kind of like it if he was there, even if he was reading index notes, but he would be there. It would show that he cared. Stuart Varney over the weekend, he weighed in. Now, Stuart, he's an American, but he immigrated from the UK. So he knows both sides of how the government processes work in socialism in the UK and here in the capitalist system. He knows about leadership of both kinds. He knows about the one that a far too big a group of Americans think is the way we need to go to a UK style of government. But Stuart Varney, he went postal this weekend about Mayor Pete. Take a listen. It's really about performance, how well the federal government responds to crises. An activist government, like the one we have now, should be on the ball real quickly. 
Sadly, this administration, with the Ohio train wreck, has again dropped the ball. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, that's FEMA, just hours ago rejected Ohio's request for emergency aid. The head of the Environmental Protection Agency, David Regan, waited two weeks to visit the site. He insisted that testing had not revealed any serious contamination. But Republican Senator J.D. Vance took a video showing chemicals bubbling up in local streams. And local people continued to complain about headaches and rashes. And where, oh where, is the Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg? Like border czar Kamala Harris, who won't go to the border, so Pete Buttigieg won't go to Ohio. Instead, he tweets about a rule change for train breaks under the Trump administration. He blames Trump. The criticism of the secretary has been so intense, so much so, that Karine Jean-Pierre had to insist that the president does indeed have absolute confidence in Mayor Pete. By the way, let's not forget that Mayor Pete is in charge of $660 billion worth of green spending, two-thirds of a trillion dollars. His performance in Ohio, his two-month paternity leave during the supply chain crisis and the airport shutdowns suggest he's just not up to the job. You want to be all government all the time. You better perform and get the job done or resign. Well, he did write a memo and he sent the mayors and the governors a text. But obviously, folks, Pete Buttigieg is no different than a lot of us. He spends his resources on what he considers important. And even though he is the U.S. Secretary of Transportation, obvious, obviously, based upon his actions, he doesn't consider East Palestine, Ohio, very important. And that is sad on a lot of levels. But there's a railroad wreck right through town that's still going on, fire still going on. Emergency workers there still don't know what to do. And there's massive pollution. And it's horrible. And this happened now almost three weeks ago. Where's Joe Biden on it? Well, normally you would say, well, he, you know, he's a president. He's sending his uh, cabinet secretary over there to meet with the people, meet with the mayors, and get a firsthand view, not using and relying on news reports, but firsthand, you know, so you could really know. Joe Biden didn't even bother to send Pete Buttigieg there. He hadn't sent anybody. And it wasn't until over the weekend that the president of the railroad line, you know, the train that wrecked, showed up in East Palestine. And I guarantee I didn't see any of the uh, meetings or things that uh, he met with the people and with the governors of Ohio and Pennsylvania that were there to meet him. I didn't see anything about that. Now, what does that mean? That means nobody wanted it to get out. And so they quashed the media reports. I know, I know. Our president is busy. Any U.S. president always is. And he's about the business of the American people from a skewed perspective perception though however obscured he's still in charge he's the CEO of not Washington DC but he's the CEO of the United States of America and he needs to begin 
to act like he is. I don't know. Now, something popped up early this morning about this trip to Ukraine that just fried me. The White House, hours, hours before this trip, they reached out to Russia. The White House did. Now, let me tell you how stupid that is. Russia is one of our concentrated, named, and active enemies in the planet. Russia. And so what in history, through my history, does every president do when they go to a nation that may be at odds with one of our enemies and we're going over there to prop up that nation that's an independent nation and we, of course, support that politically and socially around the world and always have, what do those presidents do? They go in secret. Nobody knows. Not this president. Hours before, the White House provided Russian officials with advance warning that President Biden was going to go to Ukraine to mark the approaching anniversary of Russia's invasion. Here's what National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said about it when he was asked, why the heck did y'all notify Russia? We did notify the Russians that President Biden would be traveling to Kiev. We did so some hours before his departure for deconfliction purposes. Whatever the heck deconfliction means. Sullivan didn't go into details about how Moscow responded to the news. And the officials, I guess in the State Department and the Pentagon, they were careful in sharing other details about the planning around the trip for security reasons. Hey, but they're going to reach out and talk to uh, Vladimir Putin and say, hey, Vlad, I'm going to be in Kiev. You want to come over and sit down for a cup of coffee? Now, Biden got there early this morning in a show of support for Ukraine. It marked Biden's first trip to Ukraine since the invasion happened. Now, he spent roughly five hours in the capital city meeting with Ukrainian President Zelensky, delivering remarks on U.S. support. Now, Joe's not, he's not a stranger in Kiev. Oh, my gosh, he spent a lot of time over there remembering his eight years as Barack Obama's Ukrainian czar. He was over there every, every few weeks negotiating deals. Some of those deals were for Barack, but some of those deals were for Hunter. And let me tell you this, Daddy got his baby boy a good gig over there, didn't he? Barisma Holdings. Here's a guy that didn't have a minute of time and education and knowledge about the energy industry, especially natural gas. And old Hunter got a spot on the border of on the board of Barisma Holdings. And he only got made somewhere between fifty-five and eighty thousand dollars a month. We can't get the accurate number. It's probably closer to eighty-five a month for doing what? Serving on the board. Now, what did what did Hunter have to give? I mean, he didn't have any knowledge, expertise. What did he have to give? He had to open the door and say, "Hey, you, let me come be on your board of directors." 
and I'm going to get you a little conversation with my daddy. He's the vice president. He and Bayrack, they're all up in each other's business, and they love each other. He can get the door open for any time for anything you need. Just stroke me. Give me a job, one that I don't have to show up for. Now, it may not have come down just like that, but that is what it was, and we have facts to prove it. That's even uncontestable. So Joe's got a lot of experience in Ukraine. He may have stayed in the same hotel room. But they made sure they let Vlad know about it. Isn't that that a coincidence? When I heard about it, boy, it frosted me. Well, over the weekend, Don Lamont, you remember him? He's the guy that used to be the big shot in the evening on CNN, one of their amazing evening show hosts. He got canned. Know why? Nobody was watching him. He was up there pontificating about everything you can imagine. And it shocked a lot of people, me included, when CNN, that amazing politically correct cable network news organization, Now think about what they did. They rolled the dice. He, first of all, Don Lamont, is black. Secondly, he's gay. And they dared to boot him from an evening show. Did you hear any clamor about that event happening? I didn't hear anything. None of the social justice warriors were out there going crazy in the support of Don Lamont. I didn't know about or hear anything about Riots in the streets because he got he got sent to the elementary show, the morning show at CNN. All 50 of their watchers got Don Lamont. Nobody cared about him getting the boot from the evenings. And nobody cared that he got an early morning show. And nobody really cared that he got kicked to the curb. Why? and exactly what's happening about it now, well, we got that and a whole lot more. Sit tight, folks. We're just getting cranking TNN Live. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Deal with the experts. Scaffolding rental and setup. Installation of truck racks, Lear truck caps, tonneau covers, and van shelving. Fall protection. Ladder and scaffold training and inspections. Little giant ladders. Custom access ladders and guardrails for commercial buildings. American Ladders and Scaffolds. Delivery everywhere, every day. American Ladders and Scaffolds. We take you higher. We take you higher. Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are, and we can land a robot on a comet, but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodette for the new improved Motel6.com, and we'll leave the light on for you. Can we, can't we? But then we thought, should we? Staycation! We could share a yurt. Please, no. Luckily, we've picked British Airways holidays. Small deposit and can change if we need to. Decision made. Moonlight skinny dipping. (laughs) We've booked St. Lucia. 
Two weeks. Did you? Why didn't we? Ah, clever you. British Airways Holidays. At all protected. It's time for a new year. A new you and a new Volkswagen. Stop by D. Patrick today and check out our entire lineup. Like the spacious Atlas with room for everyone. Or the not-so-compact compact SUV, the Tiguan. And the always popular Jetta and Passat. At D. Patrick, we have a Volkswagen for every budget and every lifestyle. Check out all the Volkswagen models available at dpat.com. Make this year the best year in a new Volkswagen from D. Patrick on Green River Road. So I, I'm in the mood. It's Monday morning, and I'm I'm in the mood for some toe tapping stuff all day long. During the break, I always, I get a bunch of texts when we're live, and uh, I scan them during each break. I got one from our buddy Pete out in the greater L.A. area. <laughs> he made a point I hadn't thought about, it, and it's a really good one. He said, "Hey, the Biden administration is a much greater enemy to the American people." than Putin and Russia. (laughs) I hadn't thought about that. But you know what? There's some wisdom there. It really is. There's no doubt about it. I got to be honest with you. In your regular life, in my regular life, we look at stuff we've just always taken for granted that we've done, that we liked, things that we didn't like. We We just thought it was okay. This administration, if you think the wrong way and they get half a chance... They're going to punish you for thinking that way. That's not supposed to happen in the United States of America. We're supposed to have freedom of everything, freedom of thought, freedom of speech, all the other Ten Commandments. They're they're really the first Ten Amendments of the Constitution, but they were written and enacted to be the Ten Commandments of government regarding Americans. It's interesting what is okay and what is not okay today and then turn around 48 hours later and the thought police, the woke crowd governors, they just flip and decide that what you couldn't do two hours ago, it's okay now. And what you were doing two hours ago, isn't okay now. And you better toe the line because they'll come after you. We thought it was, ah, you know, when we heard this an alarmist stuff going on of that, we thought it was just conspiracy nuts, tin hat people. <laughs> Maybe they were right. In many ways, they were. So Don Lamonts, he's in the bullseye right now. They always have to have a target on the left. And sadly for the leftists, sometimes they become the targets of their fellow brethren leftists. So the problem now with old Don Lamont is that nobody ever told him he's not as good as he thinks he is. (laughs) He's handsome by some accounts. He works in an industry that can inflate even the most constrained uh, egos. But he has no constraints. He's always just opened his mouth and said what he wants to say. And nobody said anything. And because of that, he's allowed his ego to grow bigger than a Chinese weather balloon. Well, I don't know about that. Joe shot the weather balloon down and CNN shot Lamont down. 
What we're doing today is watching in real time the inevitable process of cutting Don Lamont down to size. And guess what? It's not his boss that's doing that. It's not CNN. He's doing it himself. And he's doing it on his place where he makes a lot of money. His show. He's exposing his toxic chauvinism to his female colleagues at CNN. So ever since he lost that solo primetime show at night because of his horribly low ratings, and listen closely, when he was at his prime on his evening show, we at CNN, at TNN, I said CNN, we at TNN some days had more watchers than Don Lamont did. We had listeners than he had watchers. Ever since he lost that, Don has been having an internal tantrum that pretty regularly it shows up on camera. He doesn't want to share the limelight with anybody. That's very obvious if you've watched the morning show. And I have tuned in just two or three times for a few minutes just to kind of get a sense of what he has brought to the morning show. And folks, all he brought with him was Don Lamont. Nothing changed. He didn't want to share the limelight with anybody, let alone a couple of broads. So he is main mean girling his female co-host by interrupting, mansplaining, hogging the limelight, denigrating them, his two partners, demoralizing them. And that's okay, isn't it? I mean, after all, he identifies. No, he doesn't identify as a a female, but he is openly gay. So gay guys, especially when they're with women, they're supposed to be able to say anything. And he took it to the extreme. His latest bout of misogyny was soundly rejected. It came last Thursday. He declared that a woman Nikki Haley's age is too old to run for president. At 51, he said, the former U.N. ambassador and South Carolina governor, is not in her prime. In her prime, that's a quote. Haley's pitch, he said, is that it's time for a younger generation to take charge. Now, that's true in some respects, considering Joe's 80 years old now, but Lamont, who's five years older than Nikki Haley, he spotted what he regards as a weakness In her argument, Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry, he said. A woman's considered to be in their prime in 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. So when he said that, he was looking right into the eyes of co-host Poppy Harlow, who happens to be age 40. What are you talking about? Wait, prime for what? She challenged him. And he just kept digging the hole. (laughs) It's just like prime. If you look it up, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. And so Poppy, she did a sarcastic double fist pump. Ah, 40s. I got another decade. Their co-host, Caitlin Collins, is only 30. She stared at Lamont in disbelief. Lamont said, I'm not saying I agree with that. 
Harlow. She kind of cocked her head to one side and said, I think we need to qualify it. Are you talking about prime for like childbearing? So all of a sudden you could see the bells go off in Lamont's face. He's sensing, uh (laughs) uh-oh. And he said, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying what the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her primes, 20s, 30s, and 40s? And of course, if you Google it, only thing comes up is truth, right? He said, I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful because she wouldn't be in her prime, according to you know. And Harlow smiled and said, Google? (laughs) Collins, she figured out something was going on. She had a bad look on her face. And she scowled. Google it, said Lamont. Weird that he was Googling that question. But what he meant was, Don't interrupt me, woman. Watch and learn. I had my own primetime show, don't you know? I won three Emmys. Eat your heart out, poppy. I was voted class president my senior year. I was in Out Magazine's Power 50 Most Influential LGBTQ People of 2017. Why am I here? It's not fair. Wah, wah. (laughs) Boy. And then, folks, hell has come his way. But let me tell you what we're going to do right now. I am, as we speak, I'm typing, when does a woman, when does a woman lose her prime? Let's see what Google says. Woman's sexual peak, is it real? At what age do women reach their sexual peak. What are a woman's prime years? That's pretty close. Well, wait a minute. Here's another one. This one's, when is a woman in her prime? Let's see. This comes from primal. I didn't, I didn't do any of this before we went on the air. I'm doing this live with you. So, okay. I looked at uh, when this article was published and I haven't told you what's in the article yet, but it was published Friday. Okay, this is the day after Don Lamont stepped on his own tongue. And the story is, when is a woman in her prime? This story came up on morning television recently, it says, and we're ready to weigh in on the matter. What did you Google most recently? A different chicken recipe? A list of nearby veterinarians? Okay, was it to find out whether you were in your prime? I didn't think so. Now, this is coming from a a woman's magazine. Prime women redefining the over 50 woman. So the story goes on. Read it with me. In case you missed it, here's what happened on Thursday that raises the question. On CNN this morning, the three hosts were discussing a suggestion made by Republican presidential hopeful Nikki Haley that politicians over 75 undergo a mandatory mental competency test to make sure they were up to the job of president. Co-host Don Lamont, and we, you just heard everything he said in the back and forth. And so Lamont sent out a major mea culpa later that day on social media and to CNN staff and didn't appear on the morning show on Friday, possibly 
taking the morning off to remove the large shoe he had inserted in his mouth. Aside from the fact that there are different answers that pop up on that Google search, not just the one cherry-picked by Lamont, the question that was raised by Lamont's co-host remains, prime for what exactly? Childbearing? Sure, makes sense. Gymnastic competitions? No quarrel. Sexual attractiveness? Them's fighting words. What about corporate competence? Not even close. Climbing that ladder takes years of experience, years and experience that we as a society generally value in men. Aside from tech, some tech wonderkinder, there aren't many 20, 30, and 40-year-old CEOs out there. In fact, I would argue that a woman doesn't hit her stride until her 50s. And just remember, this is a periodical that focuses on women over 50, so you would expect them to say that. When those childbearing 20s, 30s, and 40s are in the rearview mirror, when relationships have, with luck, stabilized, and when a woman can take a moment to measure the path she's been on professionally and weigh the possibilities ahead. I'm not, now this is the writer, and who wrote this? Let's see. Oh, I, I recognize the name. Nancy McKeon. Wasn't she a television star? Yeah, she was. So she's been, she's been out there. She's got a lot of experience. She said, I'm not suggesting that women one day just poke their heads out of a gopher hole or the kitchen at age 52 and decide to become a Supreme Court justice Katanji Brown-Jackson, or Prime Minister of the UK, Margaret Thatcher at age 54, or a U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren at age 64, or a presidential candidate Nikki Haley at age 51, Hillary Clinton at ages 61 and 69. They've been laying the groundwork for years, layering upon job, credential upon credential. By around age 50, the ambitious ones are chomping at the bit. It's an odd fact that little girls in general mature earlier than do little boys and then do better in school until until the urge to mate slows them down, then even ties them down with the bulk of childbearing. But then, fast forward, women's opportunities do a quick fade, disappearing entirely by the end of their 40s. Hmm, it doesn't sound right, but women's sell-by date has always been notoriously earlier than their male counterparts. So if you thought that prime was an arithmetical, I'll get it right, yeah, was an arithmetical construct you forgot about from high school. This week has been a wake-up call. Ditto. If it just triggered memories of your last great strip steak. Bottom line, as far as having wisdom and verve and the experience to use both wisely, most women are in their prime after the age of 50. And whether it's political or corporate leadership or just living lives in the public sphere, it's best for all when everyone recognizes that. And she should have added this closing line. And Don Lamont, at you. You need to keep your mouth shut. Now, this is a a female writing this, Nancy McKeon. And I'm guessing she's 50 plus. And the 50 plus, and Nancy McKeon is white, Don 
Lemon is black, and she's straight, I think, and he's not. So there's a little irony here. Did you pick up on it? <laughs> people in both of those categories, and here we go. You got to put people in categories. You got to start at the top. Sex, second one. Skin color, third one. Sexual identity. These two people, Don Lamont and Nancy McKeon, they checked all the boxes. So what do we do? Hey, 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 let's have a television boxing match between Don Lamont and Nancy McKeon. Now, let me ask you this. How stupid does that sound? And then you have one of, even though they're in the tank now with their ratings compared to where they've been in past years, CNN, (laughs) a very reputable, eh, I don't know about that, but very well-known, very well-established cable news network. And we have a guy, one of their hand-picked trophy, black and gay talents on air. And he's he didn't say anything. He didn't act any way differently than he has in his career. So what has changed? I'll tell you what's changed. We're living in a woke world. And if you don't toe the line for everybody that is in the group in which the woke gods have placed you, oh my gosh, you are subject to be destroyed on every level of your life. Here, Don Lamont is being destroyed by those people that sit in the ivory towers and they're his boss. And then you would think somebody out there, you know, another gay person, there are a lot of them in media, Another female, there are tons of them in media, there would be a bunch of those people coming to his support, and they're not. You know why? They have decided that they're going to just throw the wokeism away for a little while, and they're going to go full bore against Don Lamont for doing something that every American has watched. We've analyzed it. And most of us have just shaken our heads and said, you know what? Why didn't they start with the truth? Why didn't they begin with and insert even more of this into the conversation about Don Lamont, who he is, what he said in the past, and what he said on the morning show Thursday? Why haven't they done that? We're going to start making them to do that. It's sad, but obviously that's what happened. What Nancy McKeon said when she wrote this article, it was published on Friday. A lot of what she said and what I just read to you the day before, oh my gosh, if she said that then, because she was attacking a black guy and she was attacking a black gay guy, oh, they would be after her today instead of old Don. And let me just make a prediction for you. Don Lamont, he may be soon looking for another gig because after all of this and after all the stuff that happened to him before, old Don, I'm pretty sure he's got a bullseye on his back 
and now it's his boss that's in charge of, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? What can we do? We can't just fire the guy. He's black and he's gay and he's been on television for years. He's been on our television shows for years. What will happen to our ratings? Are they going to storm our uh, corporate offices and are we going to have protesting and violence in the streets in Manhattan in front of our headquarters? Oh my gosh, what do we do? We're woke. Talk to Dan. Call 1-866-37-TRUTH. TNN Live. The Truth News Network. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342. 529-8342. Yo, some people think it don't make sense that I'm a horse whisperer. Fancy prance, yo! But you know what else don't make sense? Bye. I mean, it's good for you, but still somehow tastes amazing. Sideways fancy prance, you heard? Yeah. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. Yo, I just whispered all of y'all. Too easy. Bye. Five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing. None of this makes sense. get asked every once in a while, um, who picks the bumper music that uh, you do on this? Of late, the um, it happened last week, I think, in a conversation I was having with uh, two very astute young adults that are in the process of determining what they're going to do, making a change in business in their lives. And we talked a little bit about business. In fact, the guy was in the conversation. He's an amazing musician, and one of the topics came up. Uh, Mr. Dan, what kind of music do you like? I told you, here's some of the 70s and 80s stuff that I like. This song's called Cut the Take, uh, Cut the Cake. I picked the bumper music. Me, Dan. It's my show. I can pick the bumper music. But even then, I liked that back when uh, I was on the air and radio doing that. And, uh, you know, I like to, I like to clap my hands and, uh, I like to move around a little bit when I hear some music and you can do that with some of the stuff that my kids accuse me of being elevator music. Music is a place that you can just go whenever times get tough. You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to deal with the same old stuff and it's it's just beating you over the head. Maybe at work, maybe in your relationship, maybe at the house with the kids. You like to have just a moment, just a moment to have a little peace and not have to think about anything contentious. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Sometimes, folks, life sucks and then you die. (laughs) You know where that came from? Years ago, manager at the radio station that I worked at and eventually bought, KVKI, 
Billy Wilson. He was a true 21st century Samuel Clemens. He was, and that was one of his statements. Sometimes suck, life sucks, and then you die. We've got just a bunch of this kind of stuff that's being ferreted out in the Congress, in the House of Representatives. I'm glad that the House is actually conducting business. Isn't it wonderful to watch and see? They are investigating, but these are not political one-sided investigations. They're going after the wrongdoing that has been allowed in this administration. And in many cases, we found out it was going on in previous administrations, but it was being covered up by the politically woke, correct people that had the power to control the media. I mean, think about it. ABC, CBS, NBC News, all of them. CNN, MSNBC, all of them are owned and controlled by the left. And they control the narrative, all of those news organizations. So it, it, yeah, Fox News, they can't uncover everything. Newsmax, I mean, Newsmax is busted right now. Direct TV kicked them off their satellite. So it's been going on behind the scenes. And one of the things that we very horribly were exposed to in the last 45 days was the wrongdoing that was going on by Twitter, but more importantly, it was going on by the FBI in cahoots with Twitter. And when a government agency, when the FBI, when your phone rings and it's the FBI calling, let me give you a funny story. One of my good friends is the former field office commander, uh, director of the FBI office here in Shreveport, Louisiana. He's on another job now, another geographical location, but his name is Chris. Every once in a while, Chris would call me. And when he called me, <laughs> the, 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 the FBI came up, you know, on the who's calling you on your screen. And I would kind of go, oh my gosh, what's the FBI want me? And then it, I realized that's Chris calling me. The FBI calls. It makes you think, right? It does. Well, all through all of the horrors that happened during the Trump administration, we saw them piled one upon another. They were trying to get rid of the orange man. And you had the FBI out there. And you had other government agencies, by the way, as it turns out, that were in cahoots with the media. And they were actually, the FBI was paying Twitter to do things in information. Stop some people posting this about that. They were handpicking it. And worse still, they were allowing negative things to be posted. In fact, they were encouraging it. Negative things about anything going on in the previous administration and anybody that was like-minded with the policies of the previous administration stopped their information from showing up on Twitter. And we find out it was happening at Facebook and YouTube as well. FBI was paying Twitter with tax dollars for some of that stuff. Dan Bongino, in his show over the weekend, his television show, 
He tackled this disinformation campaign in the media. And now Bongino, I don't know how much you know about him, but he is a bulldog in action. He's a small guy, but he has got vast experience in the military, in law enforcement. And uh, you may not like the way he talks and handles himself, but one thing about Bongino, he gives you the truth every time. He weighed into this debacle, the government getting involved with big tech about sowing disinformation seeds in the media. Folks, this show, we have been committed from the start, We've been on the air almost two years now, to exposing the left's massive disinformation machine, the big symbiote, we call it. And the machine's working. I wish it weren't, but it is. The liberal media picks a narrative which is reinforced by the Democrats and the swamp, and anyone who calls them out is then accused of spreading disinformation by the actual machine spreading disinformation itself. But it's not just exposing the lies of commission they do, but there are also lies of omission. In other words, what they don't cover. Joe Biden's disastrous handling of the inflation crisis is a perfect example. Since the new inflation rate came out early this week, the nightly news networks spent just seconds on it and made no mention of Joe Biden. That's the power of the disinformation machine. What about the coverage of Biden's inflation crisis in general? In the past six months, nearly 85%, that sounds like a lot, of the news coverage didn't even mention Biden or his administration. It's like he had nothing to do with it. Forget about blaming him for it. That's the disinformation machine. Hard at work every day, screwing you over. There are so many more examples where the liberal media will do this. They pick a particular narrative where they tell you a story, not the story. And this is why I imply this thing I jokingly call the Bongino rule. I say it jokingly, but I mean it. Wait 24 to 72 hours, 24 to 72 hours after a story breaks before running with it. Because I can almost guarantee you if it's a story that reflects negatively on Republicans, it's probably fake and it's probably the liberal media spreading disinformation. And then when they're proven wrong, take a look at this. Are reporting on Donald Trump turning his intelligence community to now investigate a conspiracy theory about COVID coming from a lab in Wuhan. With America's most prominent public health expert saying that the lab leak theory, which was previously hawked by conspiracy theorists, might actually be credible. We have a media that's barely talking about it. We have a media that's saying it's a debate whether or not what just happened to Jesse Smollett is a hate crime. It's absurd. This isn't a debate. I agree. There is a justice system, a legal system in our country. But when you look at this, it just floors you. This morning, NASCAR is trying to find out who carried out an abhorrent racist act. Officials found a noose in the garage of driver Bubba Wallace. It indicates that what looks like a noose, uh, it appears to have been a garage pull that was part that was in that location well before anyone knew that uh, Bubba Wallace's team was going to be assigned that place. Kind of left you hanging there, right? And then when they're proven wrong, what happens? You get full-throated apologies. People tune them out on the left. No, no, they just, they love it. They love being lied to. This is the disinformation machine. All those stories you just saw were fake. 
Folks, this is not some conspiracy theory here. Here's Joe Rogan and independent journalist Matt Taibbi, who helped release the Twitter files, talking about the disinformation machine we're discussing right here and how they attack people like Elon Musk. The speed with which they can sort of shuffle somebody into the Hitler of the Month Club. Yeah. <laughs> we have a playbook for cranking out negative information about, uh, you know, foreigners who get in our way for whatever reason. But now we've, we've kind of uh, refined that technique for domestic people who are inconvenient. And the narrative has spread through progressive people. Well, they'll just say it now. It's like they've reached the memo. The memo's got to them. They just have this narrative that reached them the signal. Like Elon bad now. Oh, right. Elon bad now. Elon bad now. Elon bad now. That is a perfect description. Perfect description of exactly how the machine works. Speaking of Musk, when he bought Twitter, he allowed users to add context to Joe Biden's tweets, which are notorious for spreading disinformation. Take this one, for instance. When he claimed the largest, <laughs> this is hilarious, when he claimed the largest deficit reduction in American history, making himself like a big, uh, you know, look at me, man, I'm a deficit cutter. Of course, we know the reduction was actually due to the end of massive COVID spending, which the Democrats wanted to continue and then some. Probably the best example of the disinfo machine and how they operate is this Hunter Biden laptop story, which is just a gift that keeps on giving for Republicans. Just look at these pictures, man. Just weeks before the 2020 election, the New York Post exposed the whole scandal. The Biden family corruption was all over the laptop on emails, pictures, Hunter's pictures. We can't even talk about them on the air. There may be kids watching. We knew it was Hunter's laptop. He signed for it. He dropped it off. It wasn't a mystery. But of course, the loony libs, they needed a lifeline. And this absolute fraud of a journalist, Natasha Bertrand at Politico, oh yeah, she came in right away and provided one. Here's a quote. Hunter Biden stories, Russian disinfo, dozens of, dozens of former Intel officials say. Ha! <laughs> Dopes. The disinformation bat signal went up in the air, and of course, Bertrand and others, they responded right away. Little lemmings they are. Just like that, the lib media fell in line with the narrative. Even disgraced former director of national intelligence, Jim Clapper, he insisted it was some Soviet tool. Take a listen. And to me, this is uh, just classic uh, textbook uh, Soviet-Russian uh, tradecraft at work. So here you have uh, a willing target and the Russians who are very sophisticated about how to exploit a, a, a willing target and to me, that's what's at work here. Okay, so either this guy is just knew he was lying or he's the dumbest human being to ever be the DNI. Why the Russians paid Hunter to drop off Hunter's laptop at a laptop store? What kind of an idiot do you have to be to believe that? Not to be outdone, Jen Psaki, former press secretary at the White House, tweeted out Politico's story, a tweet she still hasn't taken down, by the way. But why should she? It doesn't matter. Biden himself spewed the exact same garbage on national TV. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly be. what is this that's where you exactly go? what this is told. where he's. Go well, Joe Biden marched on to the White House, selected by the media and the disinformation machine. 
Lib Media did its job, gave in America, gave America a big double-barreled middle finger, which I do right now, but there might be kids watching. But did hiding that story like the Lib Media did make a difference? Well, only if you believe in polls and stuff. Listen, you can never prove a counterfactual, but polls do show one in six Biden voters would have changed their vote had they known about this massive scandal. The disinformation machine did its job hard at work. Fast forward quick, two years later to the present day, liberal media outlets suddenly are admitting that the laptop was real. Weird how this whole thing works, right? Now that there's no penalty for it. But it's not just the media. Even one of those Intel officials who signed the letter has recanted his claim. Of course, it's too late. The liberal misinformation machine did its job selecting Joe Biden. And remember Clapper? We just heard call the laptop story some Soviet tool, whatever dopey thing he had to say. Even this fraud just changed his tune, too. Quote from Clapper. All we were doing was raising a yellow flag that this could be Russian disinformation. Politico deliberately distorted what we said. That is hilarious. Really, Jimbo? Because when the story came out in Politico, I didn't hear you say that. I heard you say nothing. You must have taken the cotton out of your ears and stuck it in your mouth. So why all the corrections now? Well, the damage is already done, folks, so there's no real penalty now. Meanwhile, conservatives were silenced for spreading the story, and we were called disinformation, folks, just for calling out the left and their disinformation machine. And worse, we might be paying for our own censorship from the disinformation machine. It's a quote from the Daily Caller. The State Department funded foreign think tanks working to censor Americans. You know, I have an app on my phone about the Constitution. We have that First Amendment thing. That doesn't sound right. Let's just recap quick here, right? The disinformation machine led by the lib media picks a narrative. The swamp rats and the media goons all push the narrative, backed up by their fake, phony fact checkers who censor you. Meanwhile, anyone who questions them is accused of spreading disinformation until the left finally retracts what they said. But by that time, the damage is already done. And of course, nobody's listening when they retract. Nobody's reading when they retract. I'll give you an example. Good friend of mine, he's passed away now, Andre Crouch, gospel music singer, all kind of Grammy Awards, millions of records sold, uh, African-American guy driving in his convertible in Beverly Hills in New York. Uh, New York, listen to me, in Hollywood, in Beverly Hills. And... It's during the week, during the day, and Andre was a short guy, always struggled with his weight. He was very self-conscious about it. And this is back years ago. He was taking the Cambridge diet, you know, the mix thing. I don't think it's on the market anymore. But he was trying it, and it was white powder, and he had a can of it in the front right seat in his Rolls Royce convertible, driving down the street, and the can tipped over, and a little bit of the... uh, Cambridge mix, it fell in the floorboard, on the floor mat over there. So Andre, you know, black guy, sunglasses, a Rolls Royce convertible in Beverly Hills, he got pulled over. And the cops came up and talked to him, and one of them looked over and saw white powder, strange white powder on the floor. Oh, my gosh. So they arrested him. It was suspicious. It looked like it was cocaine. And, of course, they did the lab test, but you know what? It takes days, sometimes weeks, before lab test results come back. So 
Los Angeles Times, front page news. Andre Crouch, famous gospel singer, Grammy Award winner, was arrested for possession of cocaine. That was front page news in L.A. and for Christians around the globe. It was a horrible shot in the arm. Two weeks later, oh my gosh, the lab test came back. And it was Cambridge Diet Powder. There was no cocaine. Where did the Los Angeles Times take care of, you know, fixing that front page story? It was like on page 47, and it was a paragraph. You can't put a genie back in the bottle. And you can't unchange something you just heard somebody say. Once it's out, it's out. The left uses that purposely to destroy people. That's kind of what the LA Times was doing. I mean, they they needed a hit job on somebody. Christians are always in the bullseye for everything. If, If a Christian gives them a chance to really take a shot at Christianity, ha, they're not going to pass up the opportunity for a big story. Don't ever let the facts get in the way of a big story. That's a line that a lot of journalists use. Don't ever let the facts get in the way of a big-time story. Just do the story. You can always come back later and do a retraction on page 27 if you have to. I got caught in one of those when I was doing the morning show in radio, and it had to do with the local politician and made a joke on the air about this guy, politician, being gay. Man, I got popped. Almost got fired over it. And it was a, it was a humorous, it was actually a comedy segment on the show. It wasn't serious, and I had to make all the phone calls and do all that kind of stuff. Oh, by the way, later on, years later, it was found out the politician was gay. And of course, there's nothing wrong with being gay, but put it in perspective, this was back in the early 80s, and it was in the South. Politicians, you know, if you if you were gay, you certainly didn't talk about it. And I committed the great politically correct faux pas I talked about somebody allegedly being gay on the air. Anyway, let me tell you about another big bomb that dropped in the last few days. And it's a big bomb around the world, except here. What am I talking about? Natural immunity that's acquired from having COVID-19, having the infection, provides strong and lasting protection against severe illness if a person becomes reinfected. In other words, you might catch it again, but if you do, even if you do, it's going to be very, very benign. Not because you got boosted, but just because you had it. Ten months after a COVID infection, protection against hospitalization and even death remains at 89% for Omicron and 90% for earlier variants. That's according to a bunch of 65 studies conducted in 19 different countries, says. However, 
protection against reinfection wanes quickly with Omicron, which is the dominant COVID strain out this time. After 10 months, a previous case of Omicron provides only 36% protection against a follow-up COVID infection. Now, this is a story published in The Lancet, which is, by the way, the be-all, see-all medical periodical that only posts stuff that is factual, we're told. This analysis says that the level and duration of protection that comes from infection is at least on par with that provided by two doses of the Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech vaccinations. In other words, that experimental medicine that's still out there, they're jabbing in everybody's arms, it's not really very effective. In fact, if you get COVID, it's going to be pretty much on par to what you're going to get if you get the vaccinations. These findings are not surprising as multiple studies have shown that prior infection gives protection against severe disease, although it may not be the same protection against infection in the Omicron era. But because people first infected with the virus run the risk of hospitalization, death, and long COVID, researchers concluded that vaccination still remains a good form of protection against COVID. Now, who's giving us these numbers? It's not the guys in the white coats that are in the laboratories doing all the testings. It's the doctors that come out with this news. And this one came out from Dr. Amesh Adalia, who happens to work on the top floor of Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security in Baltimore. And there's a caveat in this story. Dr. Adalia was not involved in the research. So what does that mean? Well, that means, and I'll just kind of paraphrase what's really going on behind the scenes, Pfizer and Moderna have written very, very big research checks to be done at Johns Hopkins Center for Health and Security in Baltimore. And so the guy upstairs, you know, the one that he's the doctor, he's not in the research lab. We can't go up there on the news media and just denigrate these huge contributors to Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security in Baltimore. We've got to kind of dumb it down a little bit. (laughs) The best protection now appears to come from hybrid immunity. Dr. Adaya told us that's the combination of an actual infection and a vaccination. Put them both together. And Dr. Adaya, he, when he put this, this statement out, he had a partner, Dr. William Schaffner, who's the medical director of Bethesda, Maryland based National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. Here we go. Follow the money. The data are really coming through that that provides the most solid and the longest lasting protection. And that's going to be something that most of us have experienced, said Schaffner. And then there's this line, a disclaimer. Schaffner wasn't part of the study. 
He said most of us have been vaccinated, and many of us have had COVID infection and recovered. That puts us in reasonably good shape going forward. Reasonably good shape going forward. Hadn't done this in a while. Let's just click on the latest VAERS report. Remember that one? VAERS COVID Vaccine Adverse Events Reports. I just pulled it up. I hadn't looked at it in months. And here's what it says at the top. As of November 18th, 2022, VAERS has stopped putting free text field information in the public data for Europe and the UK. In other words, none of the numbers I'm going to give you include Europe and the UK. They, these are just American numbers. Confirmed, now this is confirmed numbers that the CDC tells us and the VAERS reporters tell us the likely actual numbers of people that are impacted by these adverse reactions, not to COVID, but to the vaccines, are from four to ten times more than the numbers that were reported. So keep that number in mind. I'll give you the first one. First number, 34,385. According to the CDC, it could be 343,085 deaths from the vaccines. That's kind of a big margin. There's no other vaccine in world history that has seen anything close to this happen. 192,145 hospitalizations, 146,000 cases that required urgent care, a quarter of a million doctor office visits, 10,000 anaphylaxis shot cases, 16,000 Bell's palsy cases, 5,000 miscarriages, 18,000 heart attacks, 26,000 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis, 63,000 Americans permanently disabled from the vaccination shot, 8,510 cases of thrombocytopenia low platelets, 36,000 of life threatening events that can't even be categorized, 42,000 cases of severe allergic reaction, and 15,000 cases of shingles. Those are just a few. Adverse reactions to the shot. These doctors in this report that you just heard, let me just say this. You're just an average American, and you're getting your annual checkup. And you go in and your doctor comes in and he says, man, you're in great shape. For a person your age, male or female, whoever he's talking to, he or she is talking to, you're in great shape. Have you had your vaccinations? Well, I, you know, I had my measles, polio, the other vaccinations when I was a kid. But, you know, I'm 55 years old now. I don't need any other vaccinations. Well, what about flu vaccines? Well, you know. I've never had the flu, and I've never decided to take a a flu vaccination. Well, you need to seriously consider that. And we're recommending one of the two, Moderna or Pfizer-BioNTech vaccinations for COVID. And in full disclosure, I've got to tell you that if you've had COVID, which you've had it once, the 
natural immunities that you have because you had it are in most cases going to be pretty good, almost on the same line as what you would get if you had these two shots. Now, what if your doctor told you that, but then did this? He gave you a disclaimer and said, by the way, I've got to tell you, before you even consider getting one of these shots, there have been the possibility of 343,000 Americans that have died, not from COVID, but an adverse reaction to this shot that I'm sitting here with the syringe in my hand and I'm recommending that you take this shot. And if you don't die, um, there are 20,000, maybe 200,000 cases that People have had heart attacks that have been attributed by medical professionals to be an adverse reaction to one of these shots I'm going to give you. But I think you should go ahead and consider it. What would you have done? You would have run as fast as you could away from that syringe. But they haven't done that. The medical community has deposited hundreds of billions of dollars most of which came from American taxpayers. Well, I thought our government was taking care of that. Who the heck do you think gives the government the money that they use for all of this government giveaway stuff? We've reported extensively the exact numbers that hospitals around the nation have been given by the federal government simply for coding Patients that come into their hospitals coding their cause of being put in the hospital as COVID-19, that's all they have to do. And then they have to follow the Anthony Fauci protocols when they're in the hospital, what they can be given in the way of medicine, what they can't be given. And if they've done that, they've gotten 40% more treating that patient than they would have gotten in the way of Medicare dollars if they hadn't coded the cause of hospitalization as COVID-19. Whenever you think there's something going on, whenever you think there's something fishy, what do we here at TNN Live tell you all the time? Whenever that happens, follow the money. COVID-19 infections, folks, it gives you great natural immunity. And many of you, you've never gotten COVID. But maybe you got it one time early on, and it wasn't a bad case. And you hadn't been sick since, probably because you had it once. And your body just stood up and said, hey, covid I'm talking to you. I'm the God of Dan's body. He's not going to get COVID-19 again. Don't even think about coming here. But instead, for money, almost totally principally for money, you've been told you're going to die if you don't get a vaccination. And many have died. Millions have died worldwide from COVID-19 vaccinations. That's a travesty. We will never forget. The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? 
what the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids done bought me a busted machine again. On this! That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather. Allegra, what is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. The latest in sports. Clarissa, how many did old Satchel strike out last night? Satchel Page died in 1982. How many he get? Satchel Page is dead. He what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Page. Oh. I don't know about that. Even local news and pop culture. Anita, what them boys up to across the street? They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I don't know about that. Compare it to smart devices like your thermostat. Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alize? The new Amazon Echo Silver plays all the music they loved when they were young. Angela, play black jazz. Playing, uh... Jazz. It also has a quick scan feature to help them find things. Emilia, where did I put the phone? The phone is in your right hand. And it has an uh-huh feature for long rambling stories. So then I gave him five dollars, and he said I only gave him one dollar. Uh-huh. I said, I know I gave you a five. Uh-huh. Because I only had a five and a one only. Uh-huh. And this is the one dollar right here. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now. In the clown car of the deep state, you will never find a greater den of scum and villainy. You need a hero. Here again, blaster in hand, is Dan Newman. I gotta be honest with you, that has to be the funniest commercial I've ever heard. <laughs> that comedian, I forget his name, he's a black guy. He is really, really good at playing that role that he played in that in that commercial. And if you've got an Amazon Echo, I mean, kudos to you. Um, we have one and we used it when uh, it was a birthday present for Marianne. We used it when we first got it. But then we started realizing what having that thing sitting on your counter uh, turned on, you know, powered up 24-7. And several times we'd be watching something on television and Amazon Echo would reply to something that they heard on television. That was just too spooky for us. So anyway, yeah, we, we know a lot of people that use it. And it has a lot of very great uses. Uses, and I'm not, I'm not denigrating its capabilities. It's actually its capabilities kind of made me a little nervous all the time. So we just decided, ah, we're gonna let the echo go to sleep. 
I wanted to get to this this story that came out over the weekend that I, I really thought was cool. A nurse's accidental discovery and a success that she tried has turned into an online empire. And she's doing it, making, I mean, lots of money by helping the next generation of healthcare workers. Her name is Stephanie Beggs. Stephanie Beggs. You had never heard of that name, I'm sure. Well, she went live over the weekend talking about how she unknowingly turned a simple nurse's task into a really great opportunity while she was trying to get ready for an exam. She started selling her notes once that she graduated from nursing school. And she got that idea when she was studying alone for the board's exam during the COVID pandemic. Again, her name is Stephanie Beggs. She said, I would teach myself to the wall and I would record it. And then I posted that on social media and people loved it. She added that viewers then wanted to buy her study notes. So she obviously has an entrepreneurial spirit. She created an online store. So now I sell study sheets. I passed the boards a long time ago, and now I sell them for students who are approaching the board's exam and taking tests in nursing school. In a YouTube video, she tells followers they no longer have to watch 30-minute videos to get the knowledge they need. That's part of the reason why I am adamant on short, concise breakdowns that get straight to the point, she said. I watched part of her videos. And I mean, it just makes common sense. So in a recent Instagram post, she shared an EKG Rhythms Cheat Sheet that covers atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter, ventricular tachycardia, ventricular fibrillation, and premature ventricular contractions. Those are all pretty important things that a nurse should know about, right? OMG. The timing for cardiac content could not be more perfect since I have to do an AACN ECG cert, an ACLS, PALS in the next month. Thank you, one follower commented. Her note-selling business on Etsy, it began in 2020, and listen to this, smashed through $2 million in profits just during 2022. Two million. That's net. That's profit. If you buy a study sheet, just one single study sheet on one medical condition, it's $2 a sheet. I do sell them in bundles for specific classes, she explained, adding she also had giant bundles of notes for all of her nursing school. The business has since turned into a full-time job, but Beggs continues working as a nurse and also has a gig as a university instructor. Go figure, finally, a university is hiring somebody from the trenches that knows instead of heading up to the ivory towers to be a medical bureaucrat, just being somebody that is on the ground floor 
getting hands dirty, doing a job every day, and then turning around and teaching the next generation of Americans exactly how to do what needs to be done to get ahead. I like that. Nothing illegal, nothing unethical. Just found a spot as an entrepreneur where she could make some money at the same time she's teaching nurses. Great job. Well, why don't we flip gears here? Let's talk just for a second about Hunter Biden. I know you get tired of Hunter. I get tired of him, but I got to be honest with you. He's a story in the news every other day, if not more frequent than that. Well, there is some big news, a bombshell revelation about Hunter from Hunter bragging about his ties to China. Now, as you listen to this, I want you to think about this one thing. Even though Hunter Biden, he's kind of an entrepreneur, he's an attorney, he thinks he's got business sense, I have no idea if he does, other than the fact that he can turn an opportunity into millions of dollars. But how would he get the clients that he had and has just selling the fact that he is a former drug addict, he's an attorney, and he's put some business deals together. Um, Few of them were successful, more of them not. And the only success he had, the only thing he had to snag these big clients was because of one thing. He's Joe Biden's son. And this was when Joe Biden was senator, but principally when he was vice president. And apparently, since Joe has been president. What's this new bombshell revelation about? New in the Hunter Biden scandal now, the president's son was bragging about his relationship with former President Obama's ambassador to China. Just before his business associates arranged multiple meetings with him. That's according to emails found on Hunter Biden's laptop, reviewed by Fox News now. Former Democratic Senator Max Baucus was sworn in by then-Vice President Biden as the U.S. ambassador to China in late February 2014. About two months later, Hunter Biden said this in an email, you know, from the laptop, as his associates were setting up meetings with that brand new ambassador to China. On Baucus, We have a very, very good relationship, and I can ask anything we need. Hmm, I bet the Chinese like that. They're communist government. A Republican member of the House Oversight says this raises more questions for President Biden. Then candidate Biden told the American people, Dagan, that he did not have any business dealings, he didn't have any knowledge of the business dealings of his son. We found out through the New York Post Hunter Biden laptop story that that wasn't the case at all. We're talking about folks in China and this could be a national, the president, think about this, the president of the United States could be compromised. Well, and that's the whole point of all of this. It's not some fascination with Hunter Biden and what he types on. It's national security and the president. 
Jason Chaffetz, Fox News contributor and former Utah congressman. Jason, this comes at a time when China's been flying stuff over us trying to get information. And we can't even get our hands on everything on the laptop. They deny it for two years. Yeah, and the government has had that material for years now. I think they've known for a long time at the FBI, the Department of Justice, that this is a problem. Um, in this particular case with the former senator from Montana, Max Baucus, remember Max Baucus uh, goes into office with Joe Biden. They're both senators at the time that Hunter Biden was eight years old. Um, and Hunter Biden just had a birthday. He's now 53 years old. So to say that he has a very, very good relationship is probably not a stretch of the imagination. The problem is Hunter Biden takes a stake in uh, BHG, I think it's the organization there that has a stake in China. It's tied with Chinese intelligence officials. Um, Hunter Biden is flying on Air Force Two with the vice president to China wow. and obviously using these connections to come up with business deals that enrich the Biden family by the millions of dollars. So, Jason, is this the sort of thing, because now things are kind of tying together more, and at the nexus of all of this is a country that hates us so badly that when COVID was spreading, they didn't even give anybody a heads up, least of all us. So badly that, that when they were flying a spy craft over us, they said it was a weather balloon that had blown off course on a non-windy day. I mean, when you look at this, should the American people have known about what was going on with the Bidens before they voted in the last presidential election? Yeah, I mean, that's what's so offensive about these intelligence officials that tried to suppress and dismiss this information, um, you know, and to go after Donald Trump. It's about uh, China not being uh, or not being held accountable. Um, all of this ties together. Everybody should have known because the reporting was actually there. But the stories were suppressed. And and still to this day, we don't understand about Hunter Biden's art dealings. We don't understand how much money he still may have coming out of China. How is it the Bidens, Joe Biden um, is a United States senator on one hundred and seventy four thousand dollar a year salary. How is it that he has beach houses in multimillion dollar mansions? And you start to look at Hunter Biden. Well, he's claiming that he owns some of these houses, then he doesn't own them. I mean, the paperwork is really fuzzy here. And this is what gets the American people all this privilege that ends up in the bank account of the Biden family. And, and why isn't that exposed? You have to fill out financial disclosure forms, mm. but it seems that those are incomplete. Yeah. Speaking of fuzzy paperwork, you know what we aren't talking about? Because of flying objects and everything else, those classified top secret documents that were found in possession of President Biden. There's more to come. The top secret part of that, the part that I really care about, that, that has to do with national security among all those classified documents, um, at least some of them reportedly having to do with China and Iran. We'll go deeper, you can bet. Um, so there was this letter. It was an open letter, actually, that wrongly suggested Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. People signed it. One of those key signers now says, oh, oh, no, no, no. He wasn't trying to say that. Who is it? Former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, who told Politico he deliberately distorted the letter he and more than 50 others signed, many of them Joe Biden backers. Clapper told The Washington Post there was message distortion. All we were doing was raising a yellow flag that this could be Russian disinformation. Politico deliberately distorted what we said. 
It was clear in paragraph five. Here are the receipts, though. To me, this is uh, just classic uh, textbook uh, Soviet-Russian uh, tradecraft at work. Hmm, you got it, right? He said it. A new op-ed lays out Clapper's motive. He's worried now that the GOP controls the House and has vowed to haul in the letter signers and make them testify under oath. He's trying to pre-shape the narrative, trying to get out like a prequel. Jason. And look, uh, Clapper is, is uh, once again demonstrating the political hack that he is. Um, most people don't realize if you're a rank and file person and you have a security clearance, when you leave your job, you, you lose your security clearance. These people still have security clearances and they should not. Um, I, the way I, th I think the House Republicans want to know is... Wait, wait, can I just is, pause right there it? for just a second, Jason? Why yeah. does he have yeah. a security clearance? What does he need it for? Um, I don't think he should. I think they should lose it. But people at the highest levels, when they leave, they still have those so they can communicate and interact with others. I, I'm not here to justify it. I'm just saying these people should be, uh, these mm. things should be yanked back. They should not be there. But I think what the House Republicans want to understand is why and who? Who was the person? Who was the ringleader? Because 51 people in the intelligence community did not just spontaneously come together and accidentally put this together. Who did it? Who pushed it? They got the desired result. And you know what, Mr. Clapper and Brennan and everybody else that signed this thing? Where was the apology letter? Where was the letter of clarification? It's only now that House Republicans are in charge that you're actually having, you're actually getting caught in this. And I think it's going to be very revealing if they can actually get to it. Uh, because these people lied to the American people. They mm -hmm. misled it. They said, oh, we have a security clearance. You don't. We know you don't. And guess what? You shouldn't even look over here. And that was the justification to suppress the story. And oh, by the way, Harris, it's just a couple of weeks before an election. What a coincidence. Well, and that's why I asked before, I mean, shouldn't the American people have really known the facts? And are some of these other media who were helping to, to feather and further that disinformation lie, are they complicit in this? You know, there is some movement that you could take that's punitive against some of these people if you really wanted to. Jason Chaffetz, thank you. There we go. That is a little potpourri of some factual information that is coming out. I, I can tell you this. I, I, I have a sense from following media that there's a turn happening. Maybe it's a really slow turn, and it would have to be slow because we're talking about American mainstream media. They took years to get on this boat that they're all on now where everything is going to be centrally originated and pushed out, and everybody that's woke, every community and media that's woke, will follow the rules that are out there and reporting things, but reporting them from the perspective of the woke gods. And don't think that's a conspiracy. I've told you before, media, the real mainstream media, I'm talking about television and newspaper, they collude with each other. They have a phone number, a conference phone number, that they all have access to at certain times in the day, usually very early in the morning, they call in and compare notes and they come up 
not with just the stories to cover, but they even come up with some of the language they all use to introduce a big story. And maybe it's not even a really big story, but they make it big by their coordinated efforts to bring this information to the American people. Often, when they do that, they're denigrating counter-information that is out there in some other media operations that goes against what the woke gods have made all of their followers report. That's real, and here's how we know it was real. One person that was formerly a big time in media got canned and went public with the fact that that existed and even gave out the phone number. And of course, they had to change it very quickly. This has been happening for years. If you think, you have seen, we've even had here at TNN Live, examples where a particular news story, not only was it being covered by everybody in mainstream media, we played a potpourri of introductions of the story that were happening on, in one case, more than 50 different television stations. And the opening lines to the story were identical, and we overlaid the story being reported by a multitude of these TV stations, and you could hear the exact same words, exact same timing for the reporting of this story from all those anchors. Coordinated. And why would we, why would anybody think that's not really happening out there? They're together, folks. They're united in most cases, but I sense that ship. It's way out in the ocean, but it's begun a very slow but very deliberate turn. And maybe, just maybe, they're up on the, the uh, where they drive the ship, the people up there, the captain. Maybe they sense we need to turn, but let's just do it very quietly so we don't get in trouble. There's some, before we leave, there's some really horrible things that have happened over the weekend I wanted to just tell you about. A South Carolina woman is accused of killing a 26-year-old mother at a Kroger shopping center. Christina Harrison has been charged with murder after an incident that occurred on Valentine's Day in Irmo, South Carolina at a Kroger. Officers responded to a shooting incident in the parking lot. In the afternoon, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, a victim found dead. It was a struggle. They're calling it a verbal altercation that happened between two women. The suspect fled the scene in a white Ford. The, The reports say Lexington County Coroner's Office identified the victim. She was 26 years old. Her husband, Tyler Boris, said their two-year-old child and an infant were in the car when the shooting took place. He said, a beautiful woman, wonderful mother, compassionate wife, trusting friend, and so much more. He wrote in a description of his dead wife. He also said she'd been visiting Kroger with her sister-in-law, niece, and nephew. Now, that one was bad, but listen to this one. A family in Newark, New Jersey, is left with questions 
their 12-year-old son collapsed and died suddenly during football practice. The boy's name is Elijah Jordan Brown Garcia, was performing drills along with his team at the Westside Park football field when he collapsed. Team officials said that the boy was not engaged in heavy activity at the time. No contact, was just drills running back and forth. He didn't get hit. He was a healthy kid. I don't know why Friday night was his day. He was so happy to be there, he didn't know that it was going to be his last day. And she added that her 10-year-old son, who was also at the practice, called her and told her mama that Elijah had collapsed and they were fanning him and pouring water on him. Who would have thought? Folks, you never know. None of us ever know when it's going to be our day. Just be prepared. That's a wrap. That's a wrap on TNN Live for Monday. We're going to be here all week. Latter part of the week, we're going to be not here, but with you. We'll be in Israel. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 with much, much more. I came upon a child of God. He was walking along the road. When I asked him, where are you going? This he told me. I'm going down to Yazgur's farm. Think I'll join a rock and roll band. I'll camp out on the land. I'll try and set my soul free. We are stars. Stop.